0: This episode of the Modern People Leader podcast is brought to you by Workify. That's W O R K I F Y. And for all of the return listeners, this is probably pretty obvious, but Workify is my co host Stephen's company. Some would say that it's even his little baby. Stephen and the Workify team do things a little bit differently when it comes to employee engagement. So if you want a cookie cutter approach, do not go to them. They're big believers that every company is unique. So every company should have a unique employee engagement strategy. So you're probably wondering, what does that even mean? Well, for me, I I think about everything that goes into your employee engagement strategy. It's the questions you ask, the survey length, the cadence in which you're sending out your surveys, the indicators that you're tracking, how you want your data visualized. The list could go on and on. Bottom line, if you want an engagement strategy that is built for your company and your company only, go check them out at getworkify.com. They have great customers like H-E-B, the Boston Beer Company, and Whole Cat. And I'm pretty biased, but I think they're good people. So if you happen to reach out, let them know that you heard about them here. Hey, everyone. You're listening to the Modern People Leader Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be diving into what's top of mind for us right now, where we'll talk about the most timely and relevant topics that are probably in the minds of a lot of people out there in the HR world. Hope you Enjoy. All right, man. We're live. Nice. Nice. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing great.
1: Doing great. It was my birthday on Friday, the 21st of May. So it was a nice, relaxing birthday weekend. Uh, it's been raining a lot, so it's nice to have some cool weather in Texas. What's up, been? man?
0: The big four or five?
1: The big four or five. 45 years young.
0: Like but yeah, it, it feels good. Feels good. <laughs> awesome, man. So, what are we talking about today? Well,
1: we've been talking a lot about how companies are approaching their engagement surveys and poll surveys. A lot of our guests have been sharing how they are getting some critical data, some critical feedback in, in different ways that. Uh, are kind of the more unexpected parts of, of HR, I guess uses. So I thought today we could talk a little bit about this convergence of engagement and pulse surveys that we keep talking about, or at least we keep hearing about from our, from our guests.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we, we may have talked about this a few episodes back, so you might have to give me a quick refresher. So explain to me this, this convergence that you're seeing.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's, it's pretty simple. The pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, a lot of companies were on autopilot and they had been relying on a a cookie cutter approach. It's just what they had always been doing or because of things like benchmarking, they would do an annual survey. It looked the same and that was typically an annual process. And over the last year and a half, let's call it, I think businesses have had to really figure out how to do things differently, and things have been so specific to each company, Um, and there's been such a need to get, like, information that companies have really started embracing this Pulse Survey approach. And now, more and more, we're hearing from our guests that there's this, like, integration of the two so we're hearing that they're doing engagement surveys we're also hearing they're doing poll surveys sometimes it it sounds like they're those two things are increasingly similar in terms of you know the how they're being used
0: really dumb question explain to me what the cookie cutter approach looks like so you mentioned annual survey what else goes into that cookie cutter approach that companies of the past used
1: yeah well i think that you know the the cookie cutter approach is to me it's you're asking one set of questions usually dictated by an external vendor a a survey provider a consultant and you're asking that same set of question year after year maybe maybe at best you're doing that twice a year but you know once a year was was typically the trend and you were there are a lot of reasons why like i said i think that it's easy to just do the same thing and from an hr perspective you know what you're doing it's easy to plan for it's what you've always done um and from a from a vendor perspective, there, you know, the vendors want you to do the same thing because it's easier for them to administer that, and they they have this kind of leverage on you. If you want benchmarking data, then you've got to use the standard questions. So those are the, that's typically what we see as you know being the cookie cutter approach, versus really tailoring your questions for you know asking the questions that you need to ask right now because of what your employees are most concerned about, or because what initiatives your your CEO is is talking about at your town hall meetings, which has been, you know, the case over the last year. There's you know been more and more of a need to to focus on the latter and move away from like the standard way, the cookie cutter approach. And
0: in, in this newer way is the blending of what you're saying are poll surveys and engagement. So Yeah, because poll surveys aren't
1: a new thing either, right? So poll surveys were being done. Poll surveys, you know, have been done over the years. You know, usually there's a a micro survey approach where you're asking one question a week, two questions a week, and a challenge with that is, and the idea is that that could give you a general, like, idea of how your employees feel, but... There's no bias to action. If you're asking one question a week or, you know, every two weeks, how do you know what action really needs to be taken? The other challenge is one or two questions isn't really going to give you the information that you need to really, I guess, satisfy all your stakeholders.
0: So is it fair to say that this new approach is almost blending the best of the cookie cutter approach to doing engagement? and the best of Pulse surveys and getting a more frequent check-in with your employees.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think HR departments are making the most of the changes that have happened over the last year. And and I, I, I think it was, Sarah Salvi was one. There have been a couple of, of guests that we've had on the show who talked about, like for our Pulse survey, this is what we do. And they've talked about including one or two, one or two like, Critical numbers, so EMPS or employee satisfaction, then including some questions about a topic that's really, really important to, to HR, and then asking questions that relate to the issues that that employees are really, really, really concerned about. And so that's been like a function of what has happened over the last year, like this need to to, I guess, keep everyone informed, you know, from the executive team down to to line managers and also give your employees a sense of assurance that you're the company's looking out for them.
0: Gotcha. So l- let's say you're a, com- I mean, okay, what is it? It's May 24th, um, you know, getting to like the, the back half or the, the, the last third of Q2 going into the back half of the year. If you're an HR leader how, where do you even start with your engagement or poll strategy, and trying to blend the two so that you're measuring a few questions that you need to check in on every single time, but also you're you're mixing in there some topical questions. How, where do you even start with your new strategy if you're blending the two?
1: Yeah, I think the the, the reason you know, where we are today, like you know, we're it's late May, we're near the end of the second quarter and there's still a lot of change that is going to happen over the the next two quarters. I think that is part of the reason why we're having this conversation so much. I think it's a topic that that a lot of HR people are thinking about. A lot of companies are behind on their goals for wanting to get, you know, for engagement whether, you know, they're they've done an engagement survey in the past or They've been doing a lot of poll surveys over over the last you know over the last year, so that they haven't been doing it as frequently now that things seem to be settling with with COVID. And so, I think that you know a lot of companies are are struggling or grappling with this right now and figuring out like what's the the right approach going forward. And so I you know typically I recommend start by thinking about what the goals are, right? And and I don't think you have to overthink you know what the goals are but you know having a clear defined set of goals and i usually see three goals right you're either trying to get a more frequent trend on on some critical numbers like i said employee net promoter score employee satisfaction um, or two retention is is probably a third key metric that we hear about a lot on the modern people leader i think so getting a more frequent trend on on your data Is is one could be one goal. Being agile, more agile and drilling down into specific action areas. That's another frequent goal that we hear about. Focusing on a a single factor or objective is is another goal that that we hear a lot of. And an example of that could be manager effectiveness. You know, are we really getting the most out of our managers right now? Or another one is diversity and inclusion. Like, are we, you know, we we, we told our employees, we were committed that this was going to be the year uh, that we commit to diversity and inclusion. And, and so that could be the singular goal. Um, and so I think that whether it's, you know, one of those three goals or a combination of, of some of these goals or your own specific goals, I think that that's really the starting point.
0: Why do you why do you think it's so important to start there?
1: That's a good question. I think that I was just reading a post from our friend Chris Walker, who joined us on on the Modern People Leader. You know, he um, on LinkedIn, there's you know a conversation around having too many cooks in um, in the kitchen from a marketing standpoint and diluting your your marketing messaging, and uh, and I think that happens with engagement surveys also. I think that when you don't have goals and you can't stand behind like these are this is what we said we were setting out to do and so this really needs to this is really driving our recommendation when you don't have something to stand behind like you know goals then you're getting other people's opinions and the more you get other people's opinions the more they start changing your questions the more they start uh wanting you to focus on different areas and then you end up with this hodgepodge survey, uh, which you've probably seen over the last year, which is like feels random and your employees, you know, are asking like, why are they focusing on these? You know, these are the five questions they're going to ask. And so I feel like you can really get lost. <laughs> and, and so, so it's about getting goals, alignment. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Getting alignment and then being able to stand behind that every time, you know, for your next, you know, quarterly, quarterly pulse survey or whatever it is that you're going to, what you've agreed to and not wavering.
0: Yeah, that makes total sense. If everyone's in alignment around what, what you're trying to achieve with your engagement strategy, whatever those two or three things are. It makes it so much easier to justify every decision that comes after that. So, let's say you have all your goals. You pick three or four things that are really important to your organization. What's next after that?
1: So, yeah, I think from there you you really need to look at like what what is the timeline for doing this. So, once you have your goals, I think then you start setting your timeline. And uh, and again the only certain thing is that the timeline will change in hr we are uh you know we are subject to a lot of change at the company and you know so often i can't tell you how many times i i hear like oh well you know we have this other thing happening or we have m a that may be taking place so we got to push our our the date of our our survey and so that that's to be expected but you know locking in a timeline and a strategy again, makes it easier for you to stand behind, you know, the the quarterly pulse strategy. And, and, and it also gives you something that you can communicate to your people and, and set expectations. I think we've talked about, like you, you get a survey from your company, you don't necessarily hear anything, any of the results back, and you don't know when the next one's coming. And so, you know, I think by establishing your goals, and I've even seen companies go as far as, you know having like a, a pyramid type of approach where there's like multiple layers of you know your goals or levels of the goal and one is to you know give employees a safe place to get feedback two is you know giving employees a voice and three is you know improving you know the the performance of the company overall like whatever that may be and then you communicate a timeline around that and so we're going to be moving to a an approach where we do one long survey um, and that's for us to get a full picture of engagement and, and culture at the company. And then we're going to do three follow-up pulses after that or whatever, whatever the, the, the strategy is. I think once you identify your goals, then you, you, you agree on, okay, what is the right timeline and cadence for our culture? And, uh, and you lock that in.
0: So, so what, what do these surveys even look like? Like, give me an example of, what, what a, a typical survey looks like for, for some of the clients that you're working with?
1: Yeah, well, we see everything under the sun. And so I'll focus on what, a, what, a, what good survey design looks like and what some of the surveys that, that probably aren't as effective as what companies, you know, what they want to get out of it. And so the companies that are super effective, so an effective survey, what that looks like is if you are going with a longer format survey, I think that that looks like having five factors or six factors. And and what I mean by factors are like drivers of engagement. So what are the key predictors of, you know, or levers of engagement? So things like leadership and management and communication, some of like the usual suspects.
0: And, and so, and should those be tied to the goals that you've set or that you've established for your engagement strategy?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And um, or they, they, you know, for the longer survey, they might be tied to more of like what your business objectives are and what your people strategy is. Um, so your overarching like survey strategy is going to be to be more agile in 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 getting our our employees feedback. And to improve the cycle time for taking action. That might be the goal of your overarching like engagement and pulse strategy. And in deploying that, you may decide, okay, we're going to do a longer, one longer survey or two, two longer surveys a year. And, and here are the, the five or six key things that are going to be measured in that. And, and the factors that are you're measuring in your longer survey should really support your business strategy and your people strategy. And so. So if you really want to to build the best managers and and drive the future leaders of the organization, right, your questions within management are going to be aligned with that and getting feedback on how your managers are performing and, you know, what that pipeline for talent looks like within management. Communication, it may be being more agile and, you know, cross-departmental collaboration. And so then you have questions around that. But You have clear factors that you are you're measuring and questions that map to each one of those factors. And and so that's the the balance. And those are the companies that do that will get output, they'll get the feedback, and they'll have a very clear picture of what action they need to take. There'll be a very clear theme. The ones that are just like taking all the questions that the leadership team want to ask without any sort of rhyme or reason get their data back and they're just kind of lost in the data.
0: <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. So, so while we're focusing on the longer format surveys, how how long are these t- these surveys typically?
1: I mean, that really depends. You yeah. Know, I would say I'm I'm a fan of shorter length surveys even with your longer ones. So, 25-30 questions you know, depending on the number of factors or kind of the predictors you're looking at. And you're typically asking four to six questions per per area that you're measuring. And, and the importance of that is to ensure that you have a good sense. I can't tell you how many times we've had companies that will conduct a survey and they will ask one or two questions around communication and they get low scores back and they find like, Ooh, we are sucking at communication. And then they have no clue what, what action, you know, why the company is failing at communication. And that's communication is, is, you know, and I picked communication cause it can be, it's such a broad topic and it's it, a lot of times it's a low scoring area. And so having inconclusive data like that, that is just a real punch in the stomach because you you're going to have to follow up and get more information, or you're going to be taking action and you're going to be guessing at like what the right action is.
0: Gotcha. So so you have the longer form survey, which you're saying, you know, you would recommend be 25, 30 questions max, where you're getting feedback on the core engagement indicators that your company's measuring. And then you have these in-between pulse surveys and are these surveys used to follow up on that longer survey or are they used as just check-ins where you can get topical feedback or is it a combination of the two?
1: Yeah, it's a combination of the two. And I think that for the companies that are using the longer format survey and, and throughout all of this, I think what, what it, it, it all depends based on what's right for the company. right? And, is, and that, that usually that's frustrating feedback to give. But, you know, it, um, again, going back to what we started talking about, which is going away from this cookie cutter approach, you know, with, I think what the last year and a half has taught us is you don't have to follow the old playbook. You don't have to do things the way that you were doing to be successful. In fact, you know, the 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 companies that are thriving right now are the ones that abandoned what they were doing and found, you know, ways of embracing kind of a new way. And so, and so, you know, I'm a big believer right now, you should be focusing on what's best for the company. And, you know, that may be doing zero long, long surveys and doing all short, short quarterly surveys. Um, So, so it depends, but you know, a couple of things within that I can share like, some of the typical things that we see. And there's there are probably three primary models that we see. One is you, you do your large survey, your, your full census, this is going to all employees and you get the results back and you use that data, the full data set to then inform what you're gonna be doing for the rest of the year. And, and that is a smart approach because you, it gives you a way of communicating back. So you get, you do a long survey, you get your data, you communicate back to your employees. This is what we've heard, you know, we, we get it. These are the areas that we need to improve upon. So we're gonna be sending a follow-up survey. Um, we're committed to doing quarterly pulse surveys. Um, and so we'll be doing shorter surveys, you know, in the next three quarters to follow up on this. And so you're, you're already taking action um, on, on the data that you've received, even by telling them like, Hey, we're going to send a follow-up survey on some of the low scoring areas. Um, and again, you're like making it really clear, like what your game plan is for, for the rest of the year. Um, you know, uh, that, so that's one approach. And, uh, the second approach is, is very similar to that, but it's even kind of more dialed in. So you do like two long surveys, one, one, you know, one quarter, then you do a follow-up you know, the next quarter, that's a pull survey, then you do a, like mid-year long survey, and then you do a short follow-up poll survey and kind of that's what you're doing. And then the third, the third approach that we're seeing that is abandon the long survey altogether. And that approach, uh, and, and it's one that I've grown increasingly uh, fond of um, just because I see what companies are doing with the data you're you're essentially stripping down like you know your what the old engagement survey down to like the two or three like most important numbers that you've been tracking and you include those questions in every single pulse Uh, so it may like i said earlier it may be emps it may be employee satisfaction and retention you're asking that in every pulse and then you're adding you know questions from there you know maybe you know, one quarter you're focusing on growth and development, another quarter you're focusing on manager effectiveness, um, but that's all like everything, all the main topics that you're focusing on are part of like this broader plan to to improve, you know, collaboration and retention at the company, you know, whatever that may be. And so those those shorter poll surveys are 10 questions. And I think what what companies have done is they're like, okay, we are just going to, you know, we are going to ask less, uh, be more intentional about what we're asking and to make it easier for us to to leverage the data to get better performance.
0: Yeah. So these I, are I, the
1: three models that we were seeing.
0: Yeah. I, I think I personally, I don't know, the third model sounds the, I don't want to say the best, but it feels like the right move. Um, I don't know if i were listening to this podcast and i heard those three models presented i'd probably be thinking to myself well you know how do i figure out what's the right playbook for my company i mean as you mentioned there is no cookie cutter approach and any of these three models could work for a company so how do you how do you figure out what what is best for your company
1: well yeah one way of of asking or figuring out what is best is by having conversations. Um, And so, you know, we, we have seen companies put together like small task forces, right. Or, you know, a, um, a small committee of people that is representative of people in HR, people in the business, maybe you're like your champions in terms of like managers that have always been super bought in, to the, the engagement, the old engagement process that you had, um, and, and asking them, maybe you're bringing in some, some more junior, this should be, you know, this committee should be, should include people of all levels in different parts of the business, but that's a great way of soliciting feedback and figuring out, not, not guessing on what you should do, but actually like bringing other people in the business into the process.
0: Yeah. So I'm guessing these committees would be responsible for thinking about, you know, what are our goals? What's the timeline? What's, what's the right pulse for reaching out to employees for feedback? What, what kind of feedback are we interested in hearing about this quarter? And then from all of that information within the committee, they're then going back to the HR team and making a recommendation, or I'm guessing the HR team's working with the committee. Is that, is that sort of how you've seen it done?
1: yeah absolutely absolutely and and another way of doing it is looking you know taking a hard look at what what happened over the last 18 months and looking at okay you know what in what ways did we respond well (laughs) to what was happening in what ways could we have done better and using that like a start stop continue from the last 18 months because the thing is that it's a great data set like it and we've talked about how what a, an amazing experiment, you know, to have had all these companies that were forced to change the way that they do business and like we may that may never happen again. And so to not look back on that and, you know, at least from an employee feedback perspective and use that as a way of guiding what you do going forward, um, you know, I, I think that that's a huge missed opportunity. And so i think that could give you the answer right there like geez you know we we the poll surveys were great because we got critical information at you know specific points in time they were not coordinated enough and we were kind of all over the place we were bombarding our people with different poll surveys and so that is how a lot of the companies that have ended up in that third option um you know have chosen that that approach you know, the companies, there, there are a lot of companies, though, that, you know, missed in over the last 18 months, they didn't do a full engagement survey, that longer format survey. And so they really miss. like, OK, well, it was really nice to have like this broader view and, you know, all the analytics and reporting that's involved with that. And so and so I think reflecting and doing like a retrospective or like a start, stop, continue um, is another way that you could you could figure that strategy out.
0: What are what are some of the other misses that you've seen over the past? Uh, you know, I, I don't even know how long it's been now. Fifteen months? I don't either. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just throwing eighteen months because it feels yeah. like forever.
0: It's been a long time. Have you have you noticed any other any other misses? And then once we talk about that, maybe we can talk about big wins that you've seen.
1: Yeah, I think big misses are the companies that have that have, have not been able to like choose a lane and have just like come to a grinding halt on all of this. And it, it's, it's hard to imagine that those exist out there, but they absolutely do. And these are companies that like, because of their inability to just choose an approach and see what results they get, they or they were they were I guess lulled into inaction because of all of the uncertainty. I think those are the biggest the the companies have had the biggest misses, um, and so they haven't been getting regular feedback from I. I was just having conversations with with clients um, about the talent leakage, like people are starting to leave their companies, and I think you've mentioned this as well, like companies are already you you have friends that are already choosing new jobs or new careers or whatever it may be. And I think a large part of that is like how companies are are responding to what's happening. I think it, um, it's crazy to say, but I think that's, that's a big miss is there's still companies out there that are not leaning into a new way.
0: That's interesting. You would think that, I don't know, companies would want as much feedback as possible. So it's interesting to hear that companies are coming to a grinding halt and choosing to do nothing instead of more or figuring out a better way.
1: Yeah, well, I think in their minds, it's not, they, they are doing things, but from their employees perspective, it's like you asked one survey and that was now like seven months ago and we never heard back. Or you said all of these These priorities were, and 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 I think that's another another miss is using these surveys or check-ins as like a communication tool with your people. So like you know using the survey itself as a Mm -hmm. communication tool and not just a feedback gathering uh, mechanism. And and by simply.
0: by simply asking a question regarding the future of, re- of work and return to office, or simply asking about whether people feel like they have sufficient tools for their mental health and well-being, by asking those questions, it's signaling to employees that, that they care about you or that they care about it, and they're going to do something about it if you give your feedback. Is that sort of what you're saying?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And to expand on that, the the these surveys can be like a direct voice of your CEO. They can be a direct voice because your CEO is getting in front of the company, is standing at, you know, is, is giving you updates at town halls and is saying, this is the most important thing. This is what we're focused on. And then you never, you never really hear about it again, except for that one time when he's, you know, the CEO, he or she stands up in front of the company and like mentions this thing. And you know you could have this quarterly process where, and that's just one question of your pulse. You know you ask about diversity and inclusion, or you ask about the realignment that the company's going through, um, and and that's not happening. It seems so obvious, but it's not. And so yeah, like leveraging these surveys as, as a communicate is as a, like strategic tool for the CEO to reinforce you know the messaging and as a as a as a communication tool. Um, that's a huge mess.
0: Are there any other creative ways that you've seen companies leverage their their enga- engagement surveys? I'm just thinking out loud here. I mean, um, I imagine you could send out surveys targeted to certain populations or, I mean, you could really do so many things. So I'm curious, have you seen any creative usages of engagement surveys?
1: Yeah, well, I think the two that come out to my mind like the biggest surprises that i've had in recent modern people leader like conversations we've had one is um, using engagement surveys to inform your your manager performance um, and so you know we had a conversation that was all around how engagement surveys were being repulsed. pulse you know they were using a hybrid a quarterly hybrid and uh, and those surveys were being used to essentially report out to managers and give them a reflection for how like their org is performing, and that was like I a, a, I thought it was so creative and such a great use of you know an engagement poll survey. The second one was um, using the engagement survey data for like mergers and acquisitions. Like that went, that's a conversation that we just had. And, uh, and looking at the data to understand like, okay, what is the health of this business that, uh, that we are integrating into our company? Um, so, and, and I think the use cases go, go on and on and on. Um, but those are like two great examples that we heard from, from our, from our guests.
0: So I'm going to, I'm going to try to quickly, uh, summarize everything that we've discussed here and you can jump in and tell me if I'm missing anything. So, Sounds like one, you got to set goals, got to get everybody in alignment around what you're trying to achieve with your engagement strategy. Two, you got to set a timeline for what you want to get done or when when you plan on hitting those goals and when you're going to start rolling everything out. Uh, three, you need to figure out which core engagement indicators are the most important for your, for your company to, to be measuring. And then lastly, it's figuring out which approach, which of the three approaches that we talked about is going to be the best in terms of actually collecting the feedback, whether it's a long form survey with a few pulses throughout the year, or if it's two long form surveys with immediate you know, follow up with pulse surveys, or it's all pulse surveys with that hybrid approach where you're getting topical feedback, but still hitting on two or three key, key numbers or metrics that, that are important for your company to measure. Is, this, is that everything? Is there anything? Yeah, you no, need to add? you
1: nailed it. You nailed that. And I think, you know, from a more of, from a more strategic level is evolve the way you are thinking about your surveying process and looking at this process, engagement and poll surveys is not as not just sending a survey out, but as a way of measuring and monitoring the employee experience and, part of that is leveraging the surveys as communication tools as well.
0: That's right. That's that's the what's what I missed. <laughs> well, that's awesome Stephen. This was a great great chat. I think that there's a lot of nuggets in here for for our audience where they can immediately take this back to their company and potentially make some changes to their strategy going forward.
1: Yeah. And I think the, the last thing I'll say is like talk, it feel, it seems daunting, but, you know, consider a a partner and uh, and talk to your HR community, your people community, because there's a lot of, a lot of ways that you can get this stuff fast tracked. Like you don't have to figure this all out on your own and whether it's, you know, a, a business partner or vendor or, you know, people in your community, I think that, uh, that there's a lot of great feedback and there's a lot of people that are willing to share their lessons learned. They are, you know, coming onto our show and, and we're not even asking about it and they're sharing it with us. So, so that would be the last words of encouragement that I give.
0: Love it, man. Well, awesome. This was a good one. Always All enjoy right. talking to you, Stephen. Same, same. Great chat. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for, for tuning into another episode of the modern people leader. We we really really appreciate it, and if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a five star rating. It would mean the world to us. And connect with us on LinkedIn. We wanna we wanna know what you think about the show. And uh, yeah, you can you can find links to both of our profiles in the show notes. So thanks again for listening, and and see you on the next episode.